0: Welcome to J-Root Radio. This is the Halacha Hour here on J-Root Radio Live, broadcasting on a week before Hanukkah. We are in the middle of the Halakhot of Hanukkah, and let's give you the numbers very quickly. The numbers are 718-683-5858, and a text is 347-927-8398. As we usually do, we learn from the Ben Ish-Haya. However, this time, because of the season... And that is the season of holidays. We always take a break and we cover the halachot of the holidays. In last week's class, we discussed the halachot, or at least we began discussing the halakhot of Hanukkah. In today's class, we will discuss the rest of the halakhot of Hanukkah. And if you have any questions or comments, usually we take, you like to take them at the end of the class. Unless you text and we see that it's not going to be discussed, we'll bring up your question or we'll discuss it over the you know the, the broadcast. Let's begin. First of all, with the times, the zmanim, for Hanukkah. Like we said, we mentioned last week, the dates are this Sunday night. Sunday night, December sixth. We will already will be the first night of lighting the menorah. We'll go all the way until the next week, December thirteenth at night. That's the times of the of the times of Hanukkah. Okay. Now, what we need to know, we left off last week at the zman the best time for a person to light the menorah when's the best time for a person to light the menorah and we gave the different she told the different opinions practically speaking let's give you the actual times the rule is that the best time to light is really to be your say all opinions is to be able to light it about 10 minutes 10 minutes or even before that 10 minutes after sunset or we know a sunset and to allow it to light for maybe two hours let's say two three hours as long as you can that will be the ideal way if you light it that time and you keep it lit all the way till then you cover all she taught. you're doing mehadrin, mehadreen mehadreen mehadrin. that's why it's covered according to all she taught so if a person doesn't have the option because sometimes the men come home late or sometimes whatever it may be, people are stuck somewhere or whatever, they cannot light. So the best is will be as follows. We're gonna, we listed over here the best times to begin lighting the menorah. To begin lighting the menorah. We listed... Six different times based on this year's sunset being at 4.29. If you look at the calendar, throughout the whole holiday of Hanukkah, sunset will be around 4.29 and maybe the last couple days will be 4.30. But it does make a difference because it's a minute off and Chachamim, even when they gave the desman, they went exactly to the second. They were talking about Ba'arich. So here we've listed the six times. I'm going to read them in order. And if you could light any time, like we've mentioned in the past, between 4.30 and uh, 6, 7 o'clock, that's, you know, you, you pretty much have that range. You could also light all the way until al which is 6 a.m., right? Or 6.09 this year. But still, we're talking about over here the best time. The most preferred time, we're going to list six times. Times are in order. Why do I list the six different times? You'll listen to these times, and if you find yourself that, you know what, I can make it by that time, don't think it's too late. For example, let's say you couldn't light at 4.45, which is what we listed over here as the prime time to be able to light Neirot Hanukkah. So don't say, okay, anyway, I'm not lighting 4.45, I might as well light it at 8, 7, 8 o'clock. No, we'll give you different times. If you can make it earlier, even better. Why? The numbers are based over here on... Which opinions you'll be covering? So let's begin. Time number one. The preferred time is 445 p.m. or 450 p.m. Next, if you could light the time, the best time is number two is if you could light before 5 15 p.m. Again, this is talking about begin lighting. Next, 520 time number three. Level number three is 526 p.m. Level number four is five forty p.m. Level five is Six around 610 p.m. And finally between 7 to 8 p.m. That still you could still cover some opinions that might consider this in hillah So therefore, if you know that you come home late anyway, but you could squeeze yourself, you could push yourself, that you could come home maybe before. Seven or eight o'clock. That's then you should push yourself for that. Don't think that anyway. I'm coming home late. Might as well light at night. No, no. If you come home and make it before seven or eight o'clock, it's still very good. But of course, If you want to light as late as six o nine, not you want to. If you find yourself in the situation where you must light before that time, six o nine, then especially here in New York City or in the big cities, people are still passing by. You could light with a blessing without a problem. Okay. Now. Today's class we're going to discuss much more practical than... I mean, well, the whole class was practical. But today we will be discussing in this class the setup of the menorah, exactly how to light with the birachot, and then we'll talk about the, shame, about the special cases that often come up, the most common questions that come up on Hanukkah and some pointers that many people may overlook without, if they're not knowledgeable with the halachot of Hanukkah. Let's begin with setting up the menorah. You should know, first of all, that there's a halakha. The halakha tells us the rule. This is a general, a general rule. We have mitzvot that the time to perform these mitzvot is in the daytime. Daytime being lakhathalah from sunrise. That's called until sunset, until the nighttime. For example, tefillah. Although it comes earlier, but, you know, praying, we have minhah or arbit. I mean, you have also like those mitzvot are mitzvot that should be done in the daytime. They cannot be done at night. Then there's mitzvot that should be done at night, like in the evening. You have So the rule is as follows. Any mitzvah which has a time to be done, to be performed at night, when the man comes, when the time of night comes, You're not allowed to eat or do melacha before you perform the mitzvah. Like Kriyat Megillah, Sifirat HaOmer, Hadlakat Ner Hanukkah in our case, Kriyat Shema. You're not allowed to eat when the time comes. Not only when the time comes, but a half an hour before the Zman, a person is forbidden in doing melakha or eating. Now we have to define what does it mean to eat or to do melacha before... Do for performing the mitzvah. Let's take the example that's at hand, which is the lighting of the menorah. If you haven't lit your menorah, you cannot have a sauda. What does it mean you cannot have a sauda? You cannot have a meal. You could eat, you could drink, you could even eat bread up to two ounces, but that's only up to two ounces. Less than that, um, uh, more than two ounces. It's forbidden. That's what, what it means to have a sauda Hakamim were scared that you might get carried away with your sauda and forget yourself. So therefore, if a husband, and this applies only on the person who has the obligation of lighting. So by the Sifad where only the man has the obligation of lighting, the man of the house. So if he comes home late from work, he comes home, even not late from work, he comes home 6, 7 p.m. He says, honey, I'm exhausted. What a day I had. Please let me have the shawarma sandwich. Shawarma sandwich, that's with bread. That's more than the kibitzah. That's more than two ounces. In that case, he cannot have the sandwich, but he could give him rice, he could give him some fruits, give him some water to drink, no problem, even some coke. That's not a problem. The only problem is to have a sa'udah with bread, which is two ounces. Also, melakha, when we said a person cannot do any melakha before lighting the menorah, it we're referring to over here melachot that take time. Not Melachot of Shabbat. Melachot of Shabbat include putting on a light, lighting a cigarette and such. Melachot that are forbidden before performing a mitzvah which whose time is at night means melachot that take time, like laundry, building, other things like that. The husband comes home, he sees that the front gate of his house has fallen, and he wants to, know, get, to go now and fix it. He say, oh, hold on, it's menorah, it's time for Hanukkah, you have to light the menorah, and then you can do your melacha. Melachot that take time are forbidden. And again, this only applies to the person who has the obligation to light. So kids that come home from yeshiva, and they're waiting for their father to get home, and they're home at six o'clock, and their father is not going to come home till seven. They're allowed to eat. They're allowed to eat with bread. Why? Because it's not their obligation to lie, it's the obligation of the father. He's a Baal the child is Samukh al abiv. He is completely taken care of by his father, and he doesn't have to worry about such a thing. Okay, that's a, an important, I guess, uh, introduction to setting up for the menorah. Now, setting up for the menorah, we already explained. You have to place your menorah, lechatelam by the front door of your house or the front of the entrance to your house, which could be the front of your yard, or as some put it in the window. In both cases, where do you actually place the menorah? So in the window, it's very simple. You take the menorah, you put it in the window, facing the street that you want it to to you want to view it to that people should see from there. And that's it, you put it in the window and pretty simple. And then afterwards you put the candles and you light. When it comes to putting your menorah in the door, it's a little bit more complicated. The halakha should be as follows. First of all, face your house with your back towards the street and look at your front door. Next, uh, I guess like virtually, divide the door in half. And then the left side of the door, assuming that you have a uh, mezuzah on the right side of the door, the left half of the door, in that half is where you're supposed to set up your menorah. There's a Mahalokit over here exactly where you place it in this half. But the Minhag and most opinions hold that you take the menorah and you place it, the whole entire menorah, you place it all the way to the edge by the left corner. I mean to say by the left side of the doorpost. That's where the menorah is supposed to be. However, when it comes to setting up the actual candles, you start setting it from the most right stick of the menorah. The branches of the menorah that are in front of you, you begin to light from the extreme right. Even though the menorah itself is set up in the left part of the doorway, the lighting begins from the extreme right, or at least it's setting up for the candles. Now, this is all for the first night. You set up by placing the first candle all the way on the extreme right of the menorah. By the way, the same thing will be if your menorah is facing the street, but it's placed in front of your window. And therefore, you're standing facing the street to light your menorah. Also, you're going to always set up the candle, at least on the first night, in the extreme right of the menorah. And of course, on the first night, you come, you should bring your whole family together. Ma'ikara deen, as long as the husband or the leader of the household or if the leader appointed somebody, as long as they light that in the house, nobody has to be there technically. But of course, preferable is to get the whole family together, bring the kids, bring the wife, bring uh, bring everybody out, uh, bring your maid even, no, I'm kidding. But bring everybody and let them come to light or to observe the lighting of the menorah. How do you light the menorah? Very simple, you make the three berachot, which are ashek deshanu b'mizbota ladlik ner Ashkenazim have a little bit of a different text over here they ha- they say lehadikne shel hanukkah we say lehadikne hanukkah only three words lehadik nehanukkah that's the first blessing second berakha is baruch ata shem elokim okay, she'asna nsim lahoten bayim im hem bze man haze and finally, the third berakha is on the first night that is shechiyanu vechiyanu vegi'anu lezman haze the famous berakha of shechiyanu which is going to be recited on the first time that you're lighting the menorah clear good so that's how we're going to light on the first night. That's pretty simple. It becomes complicated now in the setup at least, in the setup on the second night or on the third night. What do you do then? So the Haqa is going to be the same. Whether you're lighting with your menorah facing the street, which means you're placing it by the window, or whether you're placing the menorah outside of your house. Either way, by the way, if those who are lighting outside the house, your back should be towards the street and you should be facing your house. And that's how you should light mineral. Not that you're standing inside the house and lighting. Unless, unless you have a door. It's, uh, it's the, the you know, the glass door sometimes in front in front of the front door. They have another screen door. And sometimes it's made out of glass. So you want to put it in the glass. So it's like a big window, basically. Then you're obviously lighting from the inside of your house. In any case, where you are lighting outside the house, where the actual mineral is physically outside of your house, after, outside your door, that is, you'll be facing... The house, but you'll always set up, like we said, to your extreme right. The next night, the second night, and the same will be for every single night, you'll add, you'll put the candle again in the extreme right, and you'll always add an additional candle to the left of that. Mean to say, on the second night, you're going to set up two candles the one that you set up from last night, which is on the extreme right. And then the new additional candle for the second night, you're going to place right next to it. So therefore, you're going to be lighting two candles for the second night. Where do you begin from? You begin from the new one that you just added that night, which is from the left. You're going to light from the left and go towards the right. In general, that's the direction we want to take in keeping in when performing mitzvot. you begin from the left and you go towards the right as gemara tells us in yuma you should always turn towards the right so you begin from the left and go towards the right like the way we write english how would you write in english thank you very much you begin the t on the left and you write the h to the right of it and the a to the that's the same way you're going to light on every single night. You're going to begin all the way with the one on the left that you set up new for that night. And after the Berachot, you'll light the one on the extreme left, wherever it may be set up, and then you go towards the right. Here the poskim bring a point that you should stand next to the candle that you're planning to light first. Don't stand far from it. So this way, you avoid another problem known as In Ma'birin Al-Mazvot. Fine. This is how a person is supposed to light, whether he's standing on the outside, lighting his menorah, which is standing outside his door, or whether he has his menorah in the front of his window, you're always going to start with the left and go towards the right. Now, sometimes what could happen is that person may forget to say the Berachot. Remember, on the first time you're making three berachot, the rest of the holiday you're only making two berachot. You're skipping out Shehayan because you already made it. What would happen if a person forgot to say the berachot and he was he remembered in the middle of lighting? So we have a few possibilities. We have three situations basically a person could find himself in. Number one is that in the middle of his lighting, he remembers that he didn't make the berachot, which means before completing all the candles. All the candles, by the way, and what I'm referring to over here is not the shamosh. The candles I'm referring to over here, the candles that one is going to light with the hidur that's for that night. Meaning to say, on the third night where you're lighting three candles, you're really going to light four because there's an additional candle known as a shamosh. The shamosh we're not dealing with right now. We're dealing specifically with the candle, the candles that are for the holiday, which are the three candles. If a person started lighting and before let's say on the third night, before lighting the third candle, he remembers, Oi, I forgot to make a bracha." What do you do in such a case? In such a case, since you're still in the middle of lighting the candles, so you can even make all the blessings. You can make the bracha of Lehadlik Nair Hanukkah as well as Shasana labotenu. Why? Because you're still involved in the lighting. Even though you already lit the ikkara, we already mentioned, the main mitzvah, the main part of the mitzvah is one candle, Technically, you could be, you'll say, even lighting one candle. Still, the Hidur is considered part of the mitzvah, and you could still make the blessing of L'hadlik Ner Hanukkah. However, if a person already completed lighting all the three candles, even though he did not light the Shamosh yet, it's then too late to say the first bracha, which is L'hadlik Ner Hanukkah. According to the Ramah, you could. According to Ashkenazim, you have what to rely on. However, by the Sifar we're very mahmir on that. We hold that once you finish lighting, you cannot say the bracha of Lahadlik Nahanukah, you already finished lighting. And therefore, you could not say the bracha of Lahadlik, but you could say the other blessing, which is, Sha'asan Nisil Laboteinu Bayamimahem Bizman Hazzeh As long, here's a condition, as long as it's within a half an hour of lighting. Meaning, let's say you began lighting at 5 p.m. You lit your menorah at 5 p.m. And you remembered at 5.05. Five minutes after you finished complete lighting, you're already saying, And then you're looking at your video. You know, today, Every single event that we do, we have to take a selfie. We have to take a video of ourselves and post it somewhere. So you're, you're, you're doing hazara on your video that you just lit your menorah. And then you realize, oh, I did not make a biracha you rewind again, you do a replay again, you bring the referees, and you see, I did not make a berakhah. So in that case, since you within a half an hour of the mitzvah, mean to say, within a half an hour of when you lit, you could still make the berakhah of sha'asan la la'abotenu. It's important, halakha to keep in mind. It's not too late to say berakhah of sha'asan la la'abotenu as long as you're within the half an hour. Of course, it goes without saying that's only if a person forgot. If a person didn't forget, if you guys said it and he just wants to say it again, even on somebody else's candles, it doesn't work. How come a person could say the <inaudible> bracha after he lit? And the answer is because this blessing is going on the lights of the m'ra. It's not going on the mizah of taking action. Like for example, <inaudible> you're saying, he <inaudible> commends us to light. Once you finish lighting, you can't make the bracha anymore. But, the beracha of Shashan the Sinu is going on the Nerot of Hanukkah. And since the Nerot of Hanukkah are a mitzvah only within a half an hour, so therefore I'm only given that first half an hour to make a beracha in case I forgot. By the way, this also applies on the first night if a person forgot to say his blessings, he could even say Shehayanu as long as he's saying the berachot within the 30 minutes that... He himself lit. I mean to say, he started, give you an example. He lit at 5 o'clock, at 5.15 he realized he didn't say any of the berachot. Le'adlik na he can't say. However, shahsan nasim la la'botenu. or shahiyanu, you could say, even if you said le'adlik, you forgot to say the other two berachot, you could still say the other berachot as long as you're within 30 minutes of when you lit. Now we're on the subject. Tell you another interesting halakha that's connected to this 30 minutes. As we all know, the candles have to last for at least 30 minutes of when you lit. That's the uh that's the mitzvah, that's the way the Gemara is interpreted by the Rosh, the Reef, and the Rambam. There's a halakha that tells us a very interesting halakha. We don't find this halakha by other mitzvot. Is that let's say a person is away, he's not lighting. Even though he's not lighting, he could still make the berakhot of Sha'asan Nisim And if it's the first night, he could even say shahayanu However, this halakha, this deen only applies if you have all of the following four conditions. You need four conditions and you need all of them. If you don't have one of these conditions, it doesn't apply. What are the four conditions in order to make the berakhah of Sha'asan Nisim Raboteinu? and Shehyanu on the first line, but if it's the rest of the holiday, you can, oh, you can make Condition number one is that you have not lit yet. You have not lit, and you have not heard the Berachot from anybody yet. That's condition number one. Which means if you are in the shul, this doesn't apply, right? We're talking about that you didn't light yet, and you did not hear the Berachot from anybody. Condition number two, you're not planning to light, which means you left work at around 6 o'clock, you're driving on the highway, you look over and you see all the buildings with the menorah over there, you haven't lit yet, nobody uh, has lit for you either, and you see the menorah, it doesn't make a difference, you don't make a bracha, why? Because you're going to be home soon and you're planning to light, so therefore, in that case also, you, in the condition in order to make the bracha has to be that you have not lit and you're not planning to light, for example, you're stuck in traffic, they made an announcement, Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize on the highway. We're closing the highway. You're going to be here all night. Prepare, you know, your sleeping hours, whatever it is. You're going to be stuck on the highway. Only in that case. Number three, condition number three. Nobody's going to light for you. If you have a wife at home, if you have somebody who you're appointing to light for you in the house, the salakha also doesn't apply. You need to not have lit. You need to uh, plan that you're not going to light that night. And also nobody's lighting for you. Condition number three in order to make the Ba'chav Shasana seem by seeing other people's candles is that you must make the blessing within 30 minutes of when they lit. Meaning, let's say you're a person who doesn't, you know, you, you don't have a house, you're wandering around, you're not living anywhere. And uh, just to give you an example. I don't know, you came from a different city. You're not anywhere. Nobody's like your, your parents are not lighting for you because you're self-supported you pay for your own bills for everything, your parents don't give you a penny, and nobody's lighting for you in the house, that's condition number one. You have not lit yet, you have not been in shul, that's condition number two. Number three is, you're not playing to light because you have no home to light in it, that's condition number three, if you want to make the berachah by seeing other people's nerot, make sure that it's within 30 minutes of when they lit. So if you know that guy just lit, so you can make a bracha. If you don't know, it's a fake, maybe. Or, how about this, if you're within a half an hour of shekiah, so you know for sure, that these people obviously must have lit it within a half an hour, and then, and only then, with all these four conditions, you can make the bracha of shas the the La laabotenu on the rest of the nights. And it's on if it's on the first night, you can also make the bracha of Shahayanu. Now, here's an important point: if for some reason all of a sudden your mazal changes, and all of a sudden you find yourself that you have the ability to light that night after you made these brachot. When you come to light that night, you do not make a blessing of She'asan Nisim Laboteinu anymore because you already made it. But you will make the blessing of Le'hadlik Ne'er Hanukkah because you're coming to light it right now and that's the blessing that you make when you're coming to perform the mazwa of Lighting. Fine? Okay. Now, on this point, we want to clarify a little bit. There's a amongst the ahronim. If the berakhav She'asan Nisim and Shahayanu. Is going on the holiday or is it going on the mitzvah of lighting? In general, the Gemara tells us the Beracha of Zman, which is berachah Shahayanu, is when we say it on a holiday, it's going on the holiday. For example, Sukkot, we made the Berachav Shahayanu in Kiddush. Pesach, we made the Berachav Shahayanu in Kiddush. Um, what else we have? Rosh Hashanah, we made the Berachav in Kiddush. Yom Kippur, we made the berachah Shahayanu by. So, in when it comes to the holiday of Hanukkah, we also make a shayanu. Question is, what do we make a shayanu on? Are we making it on the holiday of Hanukkah, or no? Do we make the brachah shayanu on the mitzvah of lighting the menorah? Like, for example, any mitzvah that a person does once a year, we know the rule: you make a brachah shayyanu on it. So, there's a machlok in the Aharoni where it's going on. So, we take this halakha lehumra. So, in the case where a person already made the bracha of Shahayanu, in the case where a person already made the bracha of Shahayanu or Shahsan Naseem Labotenu, if he finds himself in the situation again where he's gonna light, then you don't make a bracha of labotenu or Shehayanu. We just gave one example. A person who was not playing to light, he has not lit. He didn't have in mind that he's going to light slow. In that case, he already made shayan uh, or Shahsan hasim. Then we tell him not to make it when he's lighting again. Here's another situation. And this is very important for people to keep in mind. The minhag of lighting in the shul. We said as long as there's a teflah varbit. Sometimes you have night there. And people come to learn at night. Let's say from 8 to 9, 9 to 10, whatever it may be. And afterwards they have varit, they have my riv- And then they're going to light again as the minhag is to light in the shul when you're praying. When you're coming to light again, if everybody already made the bracha of the you don't make the Baka again. Why? Because you already said it. However, if there's even one person in the shul, even one person in the shul who has not lit yet, and therefore he has not said Bakaab Sha'asan Nisim, and nobody has lit for him, then you can make the Bakaab Sha'asan Nisim, even if that person himself is not lighting. As long as there's one person in the Kahal who has not said the Bakaab Sha'asan or people have not said it for him, mean to say he was not Yotze with his wife's lighting or his parents' lighting for him then you whoever is lining, that is anybody who is lining the menorah in the shul could say sim however in the case where everybody already made the baruch sim or if it's the first time where everybody already made baruch you cannot make these blessings in the shul this will apply especially on night of shabbat we light the menorah in shul on night of shabbat but whoever is coming to shul on of shabbat they already prayed i'm um, excuse me they already lit the menorah in their house so you can't make baruch the sim in the shul, and if it's the first time that you're lighting, if it's the first night of Hanukkah, you can't make the Baqab Shehayanu either, because these blessings were already said by the whole congregation. I want to jump a little bit to special cases. Because of the time that we have left, I want to go to special cases in the that come up on Hanukkah. And here we have... Uh, Many, many questions exactly what to do in these special cases on Hanukkah. And if we have extra time, we'll come back to the minhagim. Arav Shabbat. Do, how do we light minu'a on Shabbat? So we mentioned already, any mezvah that the time is supposed to be done at night, you have all the way up to Not you I know, mean to say you could, light, you could perform the mezvah as early as Plaga ha, like Arbit. Technically, in some opinions, right? You have up from Plaga ha. Maran is posseg, shohan aruch is posseg in, in shohan aruch, that you could light as early as plagim ha, when it's very necessary. Erev Shabbat, Friday night, or you can't light the menorah, right? So therefore, it's very necessary that we light by plagim ha. That means to say before sunset, because after sunset, you're going to have major problems with Shabbat. So therefore, Erev Shabbat, we light the menorah, you could begin lighting it as early as plag minha. That's the earliest time you could light it. Here, however, the Achronim and the Poskim bring it down the A person should try to first pray minha and then to light. So most people will have minha gedola on Arif Shabbat when it's Hanukkah. This way, you avoid the problem of tartei de That's the If a person didn't pray minha, you can still light the menorah. He's going light the menorah and then after he's go to shul to pray minha. But that's only when the Abad is supposed to pray minha beforehand. Next, when coming to light, you have two mizot. You're going to light the menorah and you're going to light also Shabbat candles. It's also brought down. If a person himself is lighting the Shabbat candles, he should first light the menorah and then light the Shabbat candles. Why? Because we want to cover the opinion of the who holds that if you are lighting, that means you as a lady, if she's lighting... The Shabbat candles—you already accepted Shabbat, and if you accepted Shabbat, how could you light the Menorah? Even though halakha, we don't hold like the bag, at least as faradim don't hold like the bag. A lot of people are, could be mahmid. a lot of people are, try to be mahmid like bag, which is excellent. Lehalacha Maran doesn't hold like the bag, but still by Nerot Hanukkah lechatolah, a person should try to avoid that problem, which means first. Light the menorah and then afterwards light the Shabbat candles. In case where it was done reverse, especially if your wife is the one who lit the Shabbat candles first and you haven't lit the menorah yet, you could still light the menorah after the Shabbat candles. It's not like a tera, but you could still do it. Another point to keep in mind when lighting Adam Shabbat, because we're lighting early, the candles must last all the way 30 minutes after Tzitah Whatever you hold the Tzitah is... But make sure you put enough oil or if you're using wax candles, they're big enough that you should allow it to last for 30 minutes after seta kochabim. If they shut off before that time for a reason that was unexpected, you don't have to put it back on. But of course, if it's not Shabbat yet, berakha, the poskim give a blessing to a person who puts back these candles, puts on the candles again. Now, this happens a lot. A person's menorah shut off, meaning to say it's already Friday night, the menorah candle is already, has already been shut off, and now he wants to move the menorah. This happens in the shul, this happens in other places. Could you move it or not? So here we have a Mahlok al-ashqanazim sfaradim. Ashkenazim hold, that's it. Since it came in as Mukseh, it remains as to the sfaradim, Maran writes, you can make it condition, you can make it night. You can make a condition that when the candles shut off the menorah, I want to be able to move my menorah. However, over here, some posts can bring, point out that the menorah now is not muta to just move. It becomes a klism isur because it's made to light on it. So therefore, in such a case, if you want to move your menorah, if it's in your way and you made the condition so you can pick it up and move it. If it's not in your way, stam you want to move it, so then you don't have such a hit here. So in that case, you'll have to do what the Ashkenazim do if, you, if they want to move their menorah, and that is... Put the menorah on a tray. And on the same tray that you have the menorah standing, put also a loaf of bread. It has to be a hashubi. It should be an important looking piece. And then you can pick up the tray together with the challah or the bread and the menorah and move it to wherever you wish. Motzah Shabbat, when we come to light candles on Motzah Shabbat, first... We do the reverse in the house. First, we do havdalah, the and then we light the menorah. As opposed to the shul, where we first light the menorah and then we do havdalah, because once we do havdalah, everybody's running out, right? So then, that's we gotta make sure that everybody sees the lighting of the menorah, so we could publicize the miracle more. For those men that go to classes on Motzei Shabbat, which is highly recommended, and they should do it all the time, even on Motzei Shabbat, when you ha- if you have a class, even on Motzei Shabbat Hanukkah. You should not interrupt your regular learning. That is, if you have a fear that you're not going to come back. Sometimes, some shoes, what they'll do is, they'll tell everybody, go home and come back. If there's a fear that the guys, once they get home, you know how it is when you get home. This one wants this one, and you're going to run to do this. Before you know it, you completely forgot yourself, and you uh, didn't any... Uh, you, did, you forgot yourself and you didn't light the menorah. You're, you're already stuck in the house. You're not going to come back to class. So, in that case, we tell you don't leave the shul before your class. It's okay. You're going to light later. It's okay anyway. You're lighting later because Motzei Shabbat, stay by your class. That's Shia'ur, Tamut, Torah, Kabuah. And then you could go to, uh, to the house to finish lighting your menorah. Okay. Now, we have three categories that we want to speak about. Category number one is kids and lighting. Kids and lighting. All the halakhot are pertaining to children and lighting. By the Ashkenazim, the children light themselves. At what age? I could train them as young as they want. But usually when they get to the age of Hanukh, each child lights with the Berakhah. The question is, what, would we, what could we do But Sfaradim? What would you say if the children now want to light their own menorah? So, Abba's lighting a menorah. Daddy's lighting a menorah. And now, the children also want to light their own menorah. Could they do it? And could they do it with a blessing or not? So, let's go through all the cases. If the children, whoever that child that wants the light, is under the age of Hinnuq, which is around the five or six. He's under the age of five or six. Then, you can let him, Ahmed says, you can let him light even with the beracha, So, yeah, it's, it's not hurting anybody. He's too young. It's okay. You can light with the beracha If he's excited, he came home from playgroup or pre-1A and he has this menorah, he's excited, you can let him light with even with the beracha. It's fine. If the children are above the age of Hanukkah when they already understand, they're above the age of five or six, then you can let them light. There's no problem to let them light, but they, you should tell them not to make a beracha. If the children, however, are going to make the beracha anyway, don't make a fuss about it. Don't make a big fight about it. The poskim, the, mati, the children to make their own berakhah, the, the, being that they're, un, they're ketanim, even though they're we don't do it. It's fine if they are very insistent on it. You can let them light and even make a beracha if they're very insistent on it. Like, you should tell them not to light. If they don't understand, even if they light with the beracha, that's fine. Above the age of bar mitzvah, you should really not tell, you should tell them they shouldn't light because Armin Hag is that we each... Light our own, you know, we, we light one menorah per family, but if they still want to light, then they cannot make a beracha. And if they want to light also, the menorah has to be standing in a place which is completely recognizable that it's not part of your menorah. So if they want to light in a different part of the house, it's fine, but they should not make a blessing. Preferably, again, nobody should have only one menorah, but if they want to light, it's fine. It doesn't hurt anybody even by the age of Bar Mitzvah, as long as they don't make a beracha. Next. A lot of families, as we did also growing up, what happens is, and we do the same with our children, is that, let's say it's the fourth night. So you have five candles set up. Four for the Nerot of Hanukkah and one for the Shamosh. So a lot of families would do the following. Uh, that's the Sfaradim, of course. Ashkenazim, you know, they have their own way. The Sfaradim will come, the father will make the beracha, all the berachot. He'll light the first candle. And after he lights the first candle, he gives it over to his wife to light the second. And then, you have, what is it, the fourth night, you have two, three candles left. You have two candles from the Mizvah of Hanukkah and then one which is the Shamosh. So the kids also want to participate, they also want to light. Here you have to be careful. The Ben Yish'al light says that if you want to let the children under the age of Bar Mitzvah or Bat Mitzvah light or participate in the lighting of the Menorah, if they're underage, they can only light the Shamosh they cannot light any of the other candles. That means on the fourth night, all four candles must be lit by an adult. Whether the adult is your son, your daughter, doesn't make a difference. It has to be done by an adult. So what are you doing? The kids really want to light. And it's not like you have only one kid that you can let them light the Shamosh. You have six, seven kids, and they all want to light, and you don't have enough candles. So first of all, they should not light. Like we said, Binish high and many other Ahronim or Osir even seems to be like, held this way as well. But what you could do is you could hold on to their hands. Put the, can- put the candle in their hand that they're planning to light with it and hold on to their hands and together light the menorah. So this way, the Iqar, the main part of the lighting is really taking place by you if the children are very insistent and they're going to make a whole big ruckus in the house and they're going to really, really flip out and there's no way to calm them down so you don't have to ruin your holiday you have Rabbi Chaim Palachi Rabbi Palachi says if the children write light the ner that's hidur mitzvah not the first candle that the father's making but the other candles he's matirit but if one especially if he's Turkish, now, a common question that's also asked, are, must the kids be around during the time of lightning? We just mentioned, bring your kids, it's very nice. question is, it an obligation or not? So the answer is, I mean, the question really has part of it also, is that it ruins the kids' bedtime. Sometimes the father comes home late. He comes home at 8, 9 o'clock. So now, if the kids stay up, they're used, to, they're used to sleeping at 7, 7.30. So if the father's coming home at 7 o'clock, it's fine. But here, the father's coming home so late, if we keep the kids up, it's going to ruin their 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 nap, their nap, sleep time. It's going to ruin their schedule. They're going to miss the bus. They're going to have all these problems throughout the whole holiday. So the first night, it's fine, but the rest of the holiday is going to be all messed up. Must they be up? The answer is, there's halakha and there is hashkafa, or what we call hinukh. Mitsad halakha, Mitsad ad-deen, as long as somebody is lighting and he's covering everybody, technically, nobody has to be there. Nobody has to be there. If the father comes and he wants to light it, and as long as there's people who are going to see it on the outside, and he's going to perform the presume Nisab, he's going to publicize the miracle by people seeing it on the outside, nobody from the house, not the wife, not the kids, have to, has to be there. However, for Hanukh reasons, it's very, very important that to get the kids to participate. So now, how do you want to figure it out with your husband coming home late? You're going to have to speak to the rabbi. We'll speak, speak maybe if we have time to we'll speak more about this later on. However, one thing is for sure. You got to be careful. The mother cannot make a berakha for the children to light the menorah at, let's say, 5 o'clock. And then when the husband comes home, he's going to light again with the berakha. That cannot be done. If the husband wants to light without a berakha when he comes home late at 9 o'clock, and the mother wants to light with the berakha at 5 o'clock, that's really the preferable way to avoid lighting it so late at 9 o'clock. But again, the husband has to be a very uh, uh, understanding husband who cares about halakha to allow his wife to light on time and even though he's going to miss lighting with the beracha. Next, another question. This is pretty much the same question. Should the wife light early? without her husband or wait for the husband to come home but this time the kids are for sure going to be sleeping. So again, like we said, the best way to do it, the best way is that the wife should light on time. But that's however, there's many variables over here when you ask such a question because there's so many things they have to take in mind. For example, how old are the kids Are we talking about? Little young, older, also say, Shalom Bayit ishu. That sometimes the question come. by the way, rabbis, you have to be careful, a woman asks you an instant question, and you ask him, Halakha. sometimes it's a Shalom Bayit issue. she just wants to get her husband, she wants to light that he missed it, you got to be careful, Are there Shalom Bayit issues? how late is the husband coming home anyway? You know, she wants to light at 5 o'clock, because she heard this class, and it's better to light at 5 o'clock, but the husband's coming home at 5.30, so I don't know if, uh, You have to be so mahmir. You have already. She taught what to rely on. Also, how often is he doing it? Is it only one night he's missing? Is he missing the whole holiday? All these things must be taken into account. And then the family itself should go ask the rabbi, what should we do? Again, ma'ikar haddin. Of course, to light on time is the best thing. But you have to know that we're not just robots. We have uh, other things that are going on in our lives that sometimes will affect the halakha as well. Next. Um... Okay, next group of questions, we're skipping because of the time that we have, is what do you do when you're going away for Hanukkah? And this makes it very complicated. In your house, Atah Melech, you're the king of the house, you like whatever you like. But what do you do when you have to, you know, you have other cause, you're going away? Okay, so this, as an introduction, let me just tell you, this is only for Sfaradim. Ashkenazim have a little bit of different halakhot. I would love to go and explain and elaborate on what Sfaradim and Ashkenazim do, but because of the time, we're going to only speak about what the Sfaradim should do because their halakhot are a little bit more complicated. So let's begin. Um Halakha says, like we mentioned in the past, one lighting per account, was even per, per bank account. As long if you're Sfaradim and you're being supported by The father, let's say, of the house, somebody supporting in the house, as long as anybody who is being supported by that father, by the person in charge of the house, when the candles are being lit, everybody is covered, automatically covered. Okay, so we sometimes have uh, a little bit of complications now. What would happen now if the father is traveling? Let's say the father is going to China. He's going, or he's going to California. He's going to Florida. He's not home in New York. But the wife is staying home with the kids. What do you do in such a case? So the haqa is like this. The wife lights in the house when the time comes to light the menorah, And the husband, no matter where he in the world, even if he's in China where the hadith is coming 12 hours earlier, or if he is in California where the hadith is coming in later, doesn't make a difference. He's covered by the lighting that's taking place in his house that day. He doesn't have to be Mishchatev. Not only that, if he says, I don't want to be Yotzeh De with my family for the Sfaradim, we have to be Mahme, like the Beit Yosef brings down. <laughs> he can't just decide, I don't want to be Yotzeh with my wife's lighting. He's Yotzeh De with the lighting that his wife does in the house. That's scenario number one. Scenario number two is... Let's say sometimes what would happen is... When the husband travels... That means the father of the house is going away... He's away for Pesach... I mean, excuse me... He's away for Hanukkah... The wife decides to pick up herself and the kids... And to go to her parents' house... So now nobody's in the house... What do you do in such a case? So in such a case... The husband's not being your... Sayyidah Huba... With the lighting that... With anybody... Nobody's lighting in the house... So therefore the husband must light wherever he is... If he's in China... He must light. Whatever he, is, he may be, he has to light. Whatever the halakhot are, where he, wherever he is. The wife, by being in her parents' house, automatically she's de Haba because her parents are hosting her, they're feeding her, they're giving her what to drink. She's automatically being Yotzey Dehobah. In that case, though, it would be better that the, she tells her parents, please have me in mind when you light. And this way, the husband is de Dehobah and the wife is de Dehobah wherever they are in the world. Now sometimes what would happen is that both parents go away and they leave their teenage children in the house. What would be the deen then? The then it should be is as follows. The parents should appoint and tell the children, you're going to be responsible for lighting the menorah this year and you will be our shaluhim, you will be our shliah, our messengers. And when the children light in the house, the parents are covered wherever they may be. If the parents are in Florida, the parents are covered by the kids lighting in the house because they appointed them as messengers. Okay, what about when the entire family goes away? They all pick up and they decide to go away. So where are they going? If they're going to their parents and they're planning to sleep, they're not planning to come back home. They're planning to sleep their parents. They're going from Brooklyn to Lakewood to stay by their parents' house, by their grandparents' house. So in that case, they'll be obligated to light in the new house. And over there, they have the dean of a guest. And as a guest, when the whole family is a guest by their parents' house, since, again, the grandparents are feeding them, they're giving them whatever they need, the say de with the lighting that the grandparents do in the house, it'll be preferable to notify or to let your parents or parents alone have your mind to cover you for the lighting of the menorah. If, however, the family goes away by themselves to a hotel, or they rent out a house, it doesn't make a difference. Basically, they pick up their residence from wherever it may be, from New York, and they travel now all together to Pennsylvania. So in that case, we're in the hotel, your hotel now or your hotel room becomes your new house. And the obligation should be really in that hotel room to light. If you're going to light, obviously you're thinking the same thing that we're gonna, we have over here in our notes, and that is hotels don't let you light, put on fire in the room. Right, you didn't take a smoking uh, uh, room, and even if you did, sometimes they have rules against it. So if you want to light in your room, you cannot light unless you get permission from the hotel. And don't say no. You know what? Better not to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get rejected. No, 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 no. When you sign that contract before you come into the room, they give you this whole long contract that nobody reads. So that contract says, "Oh, they not allowed to put on a fire in the room." So it's illegal. It's asur. You took the room with that condition. It's asur to be a over aldat b'alabayit. You're not allowed to go against the wishes of the owner of the hotel. So therefore, if you want to light in your room, you should call up the front desk and ask him for permission. By the way, it's very simple. It's very easy to get permission. You just have to ask them and very nicely and tell them, "Listen, I'm an observant Jew," and make sure you point this out. I want to light a few candles in the room and I am staying next to them. I'm only keeping them on for 30 minutes and I'm going to shut them right off and I'm not leaving their sight. And the, the hotels are scared that you're going to leave them alone and the fire could catch. But if you're watching them, he's sitting next to them and all you have to do is a minimum of 30 minutes. Let's say you do 30 minutes, you shut them off afterwards and you could do the without a problem. But again, like we said, you must get them permission. And if the hotel says, huh, get on the list. There's 25 families over here. They're all Jews. They all want to light in the room. We cannot take the risk. But we've given you the lobby to light. So in that case, you can light in the lobby. Regarding the barakah, you should ask your local Rav to see what he says. If he allows you to make the barakah over there or not. In the case where the hotel doesn't let you light at all. Not in the room and not in the lobby. So in that case, what you got to do is either... What's preferable? Appoint somebody to go to your house and to light the menorah in your house and let him be your shliach, and this way you're covered. But if you can't find the shliyah or you don't trust anybody to go into your house or you don't leave any keys over, then so in such a case, you have no other option but to use an electric menorah. Electric menorah means you take a flashlight even or if it's a fifth night, you take five flashlights, whatever it may be. But in that case, when you're using electric, according to the Sfaradim, even if it's battery operated, because of the many opinions on the subject, we say sabal, do not make a blessing if you're lighting with an electric menorah. Here's some more important points, very quickly. Sometimes families go away for Shabbat. They go to their parents or their in-laws, but sometimes their parents or their in-laws are local. They're drive away. So if your house is local, that means it's like a five-minute drive. Even though you plan to sleep by your parents on Shabbat, you should light first in your house after Plagam and Ha, and then go away. In that case, you have to let the candles just light by themselves and then shut off by themselves. Make sure you have enough that they should go all the way till 30 minutes after Tzitah Kuchabim. On Motzae Shabbat, if you're planning to come back home, then you don't light in your parents' house, but you light in your home when you plan to get there. Here in this case, however, you have to keep two points in mind. Number one is, if it's Motzei Shabbat Hanukkah, don't go home so late. Don't go home at 1-2 a.m. It's once a year, go home right away, and light. Go, mean to say, go to your house, and light right when Shabbat is over, and then come back to your parents' house. Anyway, it's local. Number two is, sometimes people stay in their parents' house Motzei Shabbat, because they were there the whole Shabbat, till they pack everything and they go back home. So the the parents light with a beracha, and the kids even participate in it. In such a case, since your hayyub, your obligation is to light in your house, you're not yotze yedei with your parents. You must go home and light then with a beracha. I'm sure there are many cases that we miss and we forget. we didn't have time, but we have to go. We we have to sign out right now. So therefore, anybody who has any questions will be here for the next couple of minutes to answer your questions. Call in at seven one eight. Six eight three five eight five eight, or you can text at 347-927-8398. Perhaps for the last couple of cases, we'll come back next week. We'll give a very short class on the laws of Hanukkah and whatever we missed. Thank you for joining us. This has been the Halakha Hour. The same class will be on tonight at 10 p.m. We'll see you, the Hashem, next time with the Chot of Muqseh.